Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. What's up? Welcome in. GC Live. Wednesday, I think. Episode of the show. West Mitchell, Chris Clark. The week is rolling right along. Plenty to talk about, but first, going to tell you about our friend Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgage, clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. Clint's a mortgage broker here in Columbia. Also a huge Gamecock fan, big-time supporter of the show. Check him out. If you're in the if you're in the market to buy a home or you just kind of want to know if you can buy a home, Clint's going to walk you through that whole process. Again, more information. ClintHammond.com. Chris, uh, we got a couple of welcome homes to get to. I don't think we've done a show since the um, running back coach hire either. Yep. So um, even though that hire is still not officially official. <laughs> so, so about three things we need to definitely get to. And then maybe we'll get to more. But let, let's start. You, you always got to start with quarterbacks, man, when, when you got quarterback things to talk about. And South Carolina adds to their QB room. Robbie Ashford, former Oregon and former Auburn quarterback, commits to South Carolina earlier this week. And, you know, we, we talked about it on the radio today. Dow Loggins was on a, on a quest to add to this QB room. We knew they had to. We knew they needed to. We just didn't know what the quality of quarterback, frankly, that they would be able to add given their situation. And they go out, they get Ashford, a uh, certainly a dual threat guy, probably has been a run first quarterback to this point in his career, has some big numbers on the rushing side, um, not quite as much in the throw game, but I think is a good scheme fit for what I believe they will try to be offensively with Lenora Sellers at the helm if this plays out the way we think it will on paper. Yeah, I think you hit on several important things there with Ashford, man. I mean, number one, you you know, you look at the skill set and then the profile, right? And so would it be great if you could get a guy with multiple years of starting experience who's really talented, who's been really productive, who could come in and also be okay with potentially not winning this job. That's hard to find, right? I mean, think back to Shane Beamer's comments in December and what he said about the quarterback position. And it was basically, hey, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have called that we've talked to, and they want to be assured of being the starter, and and we're not going to do that. And and you understand, if you're South Carolina, why that is, right? They're, They're in a unique situation and that they don't have an established starter coming back, but they do have a guy who very much appears to be the future of their program immediately and more on a long-term basis in Lenore Sellers. And so you don't want to go as far as Wes, you were talking about this this, this morning on the GC takeover hour on, on the game. You know, you don't want to go as far as saying, 
we can't we can't do anything to upset the apple cart, right? Because ultimately, you want to be the best football team you can be in 2024, and that includes at the most important position on the field at quarterback. Um, but you also are you do have to recognize that the type of position that you're in, and so you were looking for a very unique profile here in a player, and Asher fits that, right? So look at the skill set, like you said, dual threat guy. That's important this day and age. Um, and with how much you think they'll probably run Lenore Sellers to be able to do that more if he ends up being the starter, like we expect, you know, Ashford can step in and do that. He's got a track record of, of doing that. But then just the profile of, hey, this is a guy who's kind of been around the block, man, right? Like he's he's played in big games. He's been to Oregon. He's been to Auburn. He's been a starter. He's been a backup. He's comfortable with that. And in addition to what you see on the surface, just from a couple pieces of info that we've heard, I think there's a recognition. Robbie Ashford knows what the situation is at South Carolina. He wasn't looking to be promised a starting job, nor was he. And I think for all those reasons, you know, pretty good fit. It makes a lot of sense, I think, to bring him in. Yeah, and you know, I, I think interesting playing background for Ashford too as well, man, kind of reading up on his bio – this was a a pretty highly recruited kid out of high school, um, but but was a dual threat star to to the extent that he played baseball at Oregon, and um, you know I, I think I think played in like twenty games early on in his Oregon career was an outfielder was the number one high school baseball player in Alabama for his class coming out. So, Chris, I do kind of wonder, it, is there some some upside here to go with Ashford, particularly as a thrower of the football, as a passer. You you look at the athleticism. You look at, honestly, just the stats. The stats do not tell every story, right? Like, there's always going to be some missing context, particularly when you're talking about traditional stats. Um, the analytics nerds would tell you the analytics add that context. I still think we get – I enjoy the analytics stuff. I think we get a little too caught up in those two as well, just saying, oh, that tells the entire story. You don't even have to watch the film. I don't believe that either. I think it's all part of the process of telling you who a player is. Now, for, for Ashford, Chris, I do think just the pure numbers, like that you've rushed for 927 yards on almost 200 carries, 4.7 yards per carry, knowing that quarterbacks lose yardage with the way the NCAA does their statistics. They lose yardage to sacks. Um, I do think that alone tells you something about his ability as a runner. You turn on the film and you instantly see this kid is an explosive runner. Like, he's one of those guys, and I, I put the runners in different categories in my head. Um some of them are going to be runners that can run when they absolutely have to. and But but they're much more of a pass-first guy. Then you kind of have what I would say is a step above that as a runner, which I would say is kind of like a Spencer Rattler. Like, you're not going to have designed runs, but he can really hurt you with his legs and just as importantly hurt you by using his legs to then turn around and – get the football down the field in the passing game. Then you kind of have your balanced guys that are like just half thrower, half 
runner. It's kind of equal in ability to both. And then you kind of get the guys like Ashford, who, in my opinion, he's explosive enough that he has success running the ball, even with opponents knowing he's running the football. You know, now the, the downside of his stats is you kind of scroll down and you, you see as a thrower of the football that he, he's under 50% on his career. So e- even without the added context of the drops, was there bad QB play? Was it a bad system? All the above. Under 50% just is, you know, that's not going to cut it as a passer in the SEC. But now the fact that this is a two-sport guy has just the one year of starting experience under his belt at an Auburn program that obviously the coach got fired for a reason after that. So I, I do think there's probably some upside here if they can sort of help him corral some of that natural throwing ability that he has. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean – you go back and you you look at those statistics, you look at the eyeball test, and it's obvious that, as you, as you just laid out, a very compelling case for it, more advanced as a runner at the college level. Uh, but is there – Ashford's not a guy that you look at and go, man, the, the arm just didn't there. You know, like you don't, you don't think that. Again, he's former highly rated quarterback, baseball player. He has the arm talent. I think for several reasons it has not – completely translated to the college level on a consistent basis. You know, you can go back and you can go source some YouTube clips, Wes, and you can see some beautiful throws that Robbie Ashford's made in his career. I think it's really been to date just about the consistency. But you you make a good point that he's got uh, more upside, more development, you know, to do. And I think, look, if if he's in the game at some point for South Carolina, this is where you know, coaching plays a role, right? What you're asking them to do within the structure of the offense, how you're structuring the offense. This is a different situation than bringing in Spencer Rattler, right? To where you're going in saying, all right, well, this guy's a, a thrower of the football, a proven thrower of the football. That's kind of what we need to lean into. When Robbie Ashford's in the game, you're going with a different approach right now. You're going probably more, hey, RPOs run the quarterback, right? And to your point, go back and look. You know, I'm looking at 2022, uh, year where he played a good bit at Auburn. And just going through and looking at the runs, 34 runs of 10 yards or more, you know, that season, 28 missed tackles um, on the ground as, as a quarterback. So this is a guy that has, you know, some legitimate explosiveness. And I think, Wes, when you look like big picture at the quarterback room, USC had to add some depth to this room behind Sellers and Dante Reno, who's going to be a true freshman already on campus, right? But true freshman. And so now you're adding a guy in Ashford who has some game experience. And then you're adding, honestly, as far as a preferred walk-on goes, Wes, can you do much better than a Davis Bevel, who's a guy that's started college games at a high level and you're getting him as a walk-on. Now you look at, at this room and you don't say, oh, man, they got – you know, they have three five-stars in the room, all that have college experience. It's different. It's a different picture than that. But nonetheless, um, it's a better picture than it was, you know, a month ago. That they've, they've improved things from there. 
Yeah, I mean, add, adding Bevel without spending a scholarship, it's a very resourceful move, man. And this is a this is a, a guy who was actually recruited, um, you know, as a scholarship guy at, at Pitt. And I remember watching him in high school, and there was discussion about, should, you know, should South Carolina move on him? You know, like, should South Carolina offer him? And, you know, if you go back and – Look at Bevel in high school. I mean, on three industry ranking, which as most of the people listening already know, it, it kind of averages everything out. Number 41 quarterback in the country for 2019 class. He's an older guy, obviously. Number six player in South Carolina. Number 594 player nationally. So it, it has not worked out for Bevel, I'm sure the way he hoped in terms of college career. But um, I think started a game at Oklahoma. And it has some experience, which again, you have to judge you have to judge the addition of players to your roster based on what is it taking to get them. In this case, there there's not a scholarship aspect. So when you add to your roster depth with somebody like this, um, there is there's no downside whatsoever. Yeah, and, and only upside, I think, to adding someone as a preferred walk-on. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to carry. I mean, I'm trying to think, Wes. You, you're going to carry a scholarship, or a, not a scholarship. You're going to carry a walk-on quarterback, at least one, most of the time, on your roster anyway, right? And so that was kind of the plan that we had heard behind the scenes. Hey, we got a you got a scholarship, a transfer guy that you feel decent about, and then you got to go get a walk-on. We heard that, some combination of that, and so it just so happens that Bevel is a bigger name. You know, if it was, you know, David Bevel, walk-on from, you know, some program in South Carolina who was a good high school player, it wouldn't have even drawn headlines, really. It would have been, okay, this is a guy who come in, compete in practice, be a walk-on. Similar situation, except – here you have Davis Bevel, a guy that is is more talented than your typical walk on, um, and and actually has some experience to boot at a couple programs. You know, if it's a different deal than saying, "Hey, we have there's no options here. There's no good options for South Carolina, and they're, they're really relying on a walk on, you know, to come in and be the starter for them." Like, not it's not that situation. You need depth. You need practice reps. You need a little more competition here. Yeah, no doubt. So I think you look at the QB room right now. I mean, Chris, do we dare say it's this is the QB room for for twenty twenty four? Are we are we at that point? You know what? I'm I'm almost there, Wes. But I I gotta say, man, with the way the cycle's gone, I'm I'm not gonna say that just yet. I don't know. I would have said the offensive line was finished up until this weekend, right? So, um, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on that for sure. I would, in terms of scholarship additions, it seems more likely than not that that's it. That you know, it's it's Bevel as a preferred walk on, it's Ashford as a scholarship guy. But let let's check and make sure that that's actually the case before we definitively say that. Yeah, and for, and for the most part, I think they have hit Chris on a lot of their needs for this class. But you still you still sit there and say, hey. Wide receiver, you'd love to add one more, whether that's 
somebody popping up right now, or or I think at this point more re- more realistic, that spring window. And we, we saw it with running back last year. You never want to rely on that. And they've already hit on several of their needs at wide receiver. But you just look at it and say, man, you probably do need one more guy as a difference maker at that position, which is something I think we'll be tracking probably throughout the next few months um, just to see if they can add that one more guy to this roster or if that will be the one thing we're talking about all preseason as a potential question mark for this team moving forward. Uh, We're going to get into Kamar Bell, the new O-line addition here in a moment. But first, um, Chris, let's tell everybody about Game Time. And uh, the Game Time app, Game Time, a sponsor here on our show and several shows across the On3 network. Go to GameTime.co or download the Game Time app. You can already get Atlanta Braves home opener tickets on here. Uh, you could get, if you if you didn't make it to CLA last night and you want to get to a South Carolina men's basketball game or a South Carolina women's basketball game, Type it in here. You're going to find great deals. You're going to find um, basically a ticket guarantee from Game Time, which is if you buy with the Game Time app and then you find basically a ticket in the same section, same game for cheaper, the Game Time guarantee means that you're going to get a refund 110% of the price so that you can go ahead and use this app with, what would you say, peace of mind? You, you don't have to worry about, um, oh, am I missing out? on a better deal because you know you're going to get the best deal with Game Time. Again, Game Time on all the app stores, GameTime.co, not .com. GameTime.co if you want to do it through the website. And uh, they are heavily committed, obsessed, they say, with saving you money on tickets. So um, you also can use the code GameCocks. Uh, if you go to profile, account, hidden GameCocks in the redeem code section, you'll get $20 off your first order. It's got to be your first order. So if you've used another code before, um, you know, you you can't do it again. But right now, Gamecocks, redeem the code, $20 off your first order. All right, Chris, let's talk about Kamar Bell, Florida Atlantic offensive line edition. We we pride ourselves on knowing what's going on with South Carolina football. This one caught us a little by surprise, frankly. He did take a visit over the weekend. This was a very quiet, very um, – it, it was definitely quiet. I believe it was also a little bit kind of last minute um, as far as his recruitment. Mm-hmm. But South Carolina, Chris, it seems to me like they refused to go through what they went through last year. And that is when injuries just stack at, at one position. I, I thought their numbers were probably okay on the offensive line without an additional player, I I think they decided to add the luxury of more depth with Kamar Bell. Yeah, I mean, this – I'll have to double-check the numbers, Wes, but I think this gives them 17 uh, scholarship offensive linemen projected, uh, unless something changes, going into the spring. And so, well, this is something we saw last year. And it, Wes, it was even before the injuries got to the, all right, this is getting ridiculous type of level that we saw. This was still an offensive line that had some instability, that had questions. We saw, you know, the, the starting offensive line 
even taking out the injury equation that we saw against UNC, it was different than what we saw mid-season, end of season. Now, did injuries play into that? Yes, no doubt about it. Um, but we also saw that there's just some instability, um, some some guys that maybe the staff feels like they could continue recruiting and maybe continue to get better there, right? I mean, you, you've got some guys that can continue to develop on the roster, sure. Um, but if you have an opportunity to go upgrade in the portal, find somebody with plenty of experience, find somebody that you feel like can upgrade your room, whether it was that's a potential starter or more of a depth piece, right? A An emergency option, a depth option, a guy who can come in and take some snaps for you for a series or more than that. I think there are varying levels to all of these different, uh, these few different transfer acquisitions that they've gotten this offseason, you know, just to kind of draw a line. And I honestly, I haven't heard enough yet on the opinion of Bell and where he could fit in. I know he played guard last year for FAU. He's more guard size. Um, South Carolina thought that they, from what I understand, they feel feel like Torricelli Simpkins can get a really good look at center inside, right? But then Kamar Bell bringing him in, can he give you more competition at a guard spot, at center, wherever it may be? Possibly so. And this is a guy that's played a good bit of ball. And, and I think it comes down to exactly what you said, man. They are just bound and determined to try to build more quality depth to where if there is an injury or if there is some ineffectiveness for whatever reason on the line, they have more options here in 2024. Yeah, and so what I was told on Bell – is high football IQ, has experience, you know, started basically every game last year, depth addition, and that that this is just kind of a solid overall addition to the room and that they basically believe he could play center or guard. And so there's some position versatility here that I, I think could play in. You you look at Vershawn Lee, I, I think he's in this conversation too. Does he play in center? Is he playing guard? Is he playing right tackle? You know, I, I think all these things are going to be, all these decisions will not take place in a vacuum. You know, so um, if they think Vershawn Lee is the best option at right tackle, then you 100% have the depth inside to to make that move uh, i think and um you know that that's not even including in the conversation until right now you you have Trey Jones coming back who was starting to come on before he got hurt you have Marky Anderson who i believe before it's over next year will be making a strong push to start you bring in Torricelli Simpkins who I'm really high on based on what I've heard um obviously we know what we saw from Trey Ball as a true freshman last year so you I still wonder I still worry a little bit about some of their depth at tackle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a concern at all anymore as far as depth at guard I think the cream will rise to the top at guard and center yeah, I, I I definitely co-signed that. Um, and honestly, Wes, you, you would like to go into Springfield a little bit better about tackle. 
You know, you feel like you've done better at guard. I wonder if there's some type of move or moves coming, you know, to further solidify that tackle spot. Um, I don't want to say they're in the same spot that they were going into last season, but remember, you know, offensive tackle, you know, like running back and edge were the two biggest question spots going into the season. And then as the season approached, we started going, ah, man, I don't know. We might should add offensive tackle to that. And that ended up playing out, right, just whether it was the actual play itself or the injuries, like Case and Henry going down against UNC after, you know, what, four or five plays. And so, obviously, one key at tackle is to stay healthy. But who else gets a look out there who can move out there? Certainly from, like, a volume and experience standpoint, you probably, I agree with you, feel better about what you have inside. So, what what do you do on the outside of the offensive line? To me, that's a little bit of a bigger question. But I, I have a lot of questions about the O-line in general and really it, not even raising to the level of, you know, how solid, how good can this unit be? It's more of where does everybody factor in? Who wins mm-hmm. what job? Um, because I feel like there's some guys that are, you know, they, they might feel really good about, left guard, center, and right guard with a few of the guys that have already played. And then you throw in, like you said, Marky Anderson. You know, what do you do with him? Because he's probably going to be too good to keep off the field. So I think the offensive line is pretty fascinating. And it'll probably be spring, you know, before we actually can see some of that sorted out on the field. And even then, we won't really know for sure because there could continue to be changes there as well. Uh, in terms of just shuffling who is where. And so I, I do. I think the big thing you can look at with that position, though, that you have this year that you didn't have last year is you have a full year of experience for Tree Babalade at, at left tackle. And you hope to have a healthy case in Henry, who was your, I was going to say projected, but actually technically was your starter at right tackle when last year started. The option of Vershawn Lee, and um, and, and then, how quickly does Josiah Thompson come along? How how quickly can he add some some SEC quality big man muscle? You know, like add to the frame, get stronger, have a great off season. Does he ultimately push for time at one of those tackle spots? Is I, I think a question we're going to be asking. But you just hope it's that he's pushing. And not that it's because he has to go in there like Tree did this past year. And, and so, yeah. you know, I, I think those are – I think you got some answers in there somewhere. But we just don't quite know how it's all going to play out, which, uh, you know, will be fascinating. Even if they have some injuries, which you will have, I think there's just a little bit more depth. But there, there's more depth inside, certainly, as far as proven depth than there is outside at tackle. But, Chris, I do think mo- most teams could probably have this same conversation. Sometimes we lose the context of just from a big-picture standpoint. It's hard to find tackles at the college level that can just consistently go out there and deal with the level of pass rusher you're going to face week in, week out. It is. It's, it's very hard. And some of the most, you know, big time recruits, even we just saw Caden Proctor West, former five star at Bama has entered the portal. And 
you know, young player still, but he's a big time recruit and big time talent. And, you know, he had his struggles this, this past year, you know, along with other members of that offensive line that at Alabama that really highly rated. And, you know, you look at Tree Babalade, he's going to be better for it, for going in there and playing, quite frankly, more than a true freshman is going to be ready for, right? Case and Henry, uh, he's shown a lot of promise in practice settings during his career, but hasn't really gotten to show it because of injuries or being behind people. Last year, it was obviously the injuries. And so there, there are some questions there. It, it's obviously something they got to solve uh, because it's such a such a critical position. And, uh, you know, I'm really intrigued, as you said, by Josiah Thompson. You know, he'll have to add weight. He'll have to get bigger, stronger. It might not be this year. He's going to be, I think, a really, really good player at South Carolina. But you would like to bring him along slowly if that's the best path. It, hey, if he's the best guy right off the bat, great. You know, but but you you want that to feel not like it did last year with Tree, where, man, we, we got to go with Tree, basically. We got to go with a freshman here. As talented as he is, you don't want to be in that position. And so, obviously, health is a big part of that. But then – Continuing development, you know, continuing to develop these guys, figuring out the best combination, and then coaching them up, obviously. Yeah, and if, if somehow he is the best guy from right off the bat, I do think there's there's value even, man, from just letting him go ahead and have that experience with the ones kind of alongside the same guys who would be going into a game with as opposed to, you know, hey, it's Georgia, uh, defending champ. You know, good luck. We're we're gonna start you, and they they did what they had to do. They had to do that, I think. But, um, you know, in a perfect world, it's a lot of projection in this comment. But in a perfect world, if Josiah Thompson is ready, is Josiah your left tackle, Tree your right tackle, and then you just have an all-out battle for those three spots inside? Could happen. Could happen. Could happen. Um, we'll see. I, uh, I I do I do wonder about Case and Henry getting into that mix, Wes. I wonder about Vershawn Lee playing a tackle spot at right tackle. We saw that. And I think you brought up a great point this morning. People forget about Trey Jones so often when we're talking about Troy Ball and Marquis and you know Vershawn Lee and you know Simpkins, all these inside guys. There's there's more inside guys even than last year. South Carolina found that combo against Florida that, of course, wasn't able to last long because of injury, and Trey Jones was a key part of that, doing some good things in the running game. So let's not write him off either um, in, in this battle as an inside guy. For sure, man. Um, so, yeah, Kamar Bell in the boat. He will be on campus, let's see, uh, later this week. Most uh, – most hey, the, the deadline has arrived. Like, I, I think for South Carolina to add guys for, for now um, is is now. <laughs> like, if, there, if there's going to be any more movement, it, it needs to happen. It needs to happen quick. And then we'll sort of look ahead to the spring window from that point forward. But uh, last I checked, by my count, 17 newcomers on this roster via the transfer portal, which uh, is a pretty big group, man, when you add in the high school guys as well. And, uh, yeah, Quantrell knows asking, does Simpkins have the ability to play center? Yeah, I mean, he, he played center most of his career 
before he got to South Carolina and, and I think could push for, for the starting role there, which would then sort of um, free up some guys at other spots. But there, there's – Chris, there might be ten different com- – maybe more different combinations that would make sense with this group. So I'm I'm very fascinated to see exactly how it ends up playing out as far as these guys go. And, um, you know, just as far as the, the number of different things they try going into next year, I think it's going to be big to figure out what you feel like your best five are a little bit earlier this time around. Yes, that that would be the goal. And, and to not have it change, yeah, I, I don't think I'm being – you know, dramatic eight, 10 times, you know, during the season, which is what it ended up being. Wes, man, we've, we've, uh, it just dawned on me. We spent a lot of time talking about O-line last year and we're right back there, we're right back there. But hey, very, very important storyline for this football team going into spring football. Yeah, we, it, it's a, I don't want to say it's a given around here, but it's a near, it's a near given. Um, death, O-line talk, <laughs> and taxes. That's right. Yes, taxes are a certainty. Um, but you know what, Wes? They don't need to cause taxiety. They do not need to cause any taxiety. Uh, my guy, Kev Rocher, saw him the other day. Shout out to my guy, uh, Amari. I ran into him in Walmart. He's a listener of the show. And uh, I told Kev about my interaction with one of our listeners, and he asked if Amari asked about my taxiety. And I'm like, well, no, because he knows I don't have any. He's not going to ask about taxiety. He just looks at me and says, hey, maybe Chris is stressed out about something else, transfer portal, work, family, whatever. Tax is not one of them, though. And that's thanks to our guy, Larry, at Liberty Tax, 803-462-5576, a couple locations in Irmo. Let him help you out. I actually went by, uh, drove by one of the locations, Wes, and we had our smiling Statue of Liberty guy out there. He was happy. Did he, you wave? Yeah, I waved, and he definitely had no taxiety. So we were both happy. Uh, meeting with Larry actually early next month. So excited about that. And he can help you out with all of your tax needs. So give him a call, Liberty Tax. Yep, 803-462-5576. All right, let's close this thing out, man. We have not had a show since the expected hire of Markwell Blackwell as South Carolina's running backs coach. That That's still not officially official, <laughs> according to you know USC as far as Board of Trustees and all that stuff goes. But uh, by all indications – he will be the guy by all indications. He is the guy. However you want to say it, semantics. It's always funny how semantics come into play when it comes to coaching hires, I feel like. But he'll he'll be the guy. I guess it's just how we'll say it. Former AM coach, former Ole Miss coach, SEC ties. Chris, I know you've been doing some digging on what he will bring to the fold for South Carolina. What'd you find out? Well, this is a guy that Wes has a lot of different experience across the country. A former quarterback at South Florida. He's got South Florida ties, uh, ties to the Tampa area um, where, of course, South Florida is located. And he's former high school coach there. 
He's been at Ole Miss. He's been at Texas A&M. He spent some time at the University of Florida. So he's got ties all around the SEC. And from what I'm told, a guy that, you know, is going to bring obviously some recruiting ties in the Sunshine State and, and really likes to recruit. And he's also, Wes, either recruited or coached you know, some big time backs being at SEC schools. Um, when he was at Ole Miss in 2022, he coached Quinshawn Judkins, obviously coached some guys at Texas A&M last year that have a lot of talent. Um, Alton McCaskill, um, who ended up at Colorado when he was at Houston uh, with him. So he's got a resume, you know, that, that he can point to. Obviously has uh, some carryover with James Coley, the other new Carolina assistant who came from Texas A&M. Um, those two guys obviously served on the same staff together. And so I think this is one that you look at and and where you start. It's where you kind of start looking at running back coaches, Wes. You, you always wonder about the recruiting impact and the ability to get players. And so um, while his list may not be as long as James Coley, who has a who's who of five stars, you know, I have heard some positive things on the recruiting front about Blackwell. And we'll have uh... – covers this weekend and next weekend South Carolina's junior day is coming up and I I do think Chris will probably already start to maybe see some guys trickle in that have ties to Coley maybe they have ties to Blackwell we'll certainly start to see in the next few weeks that running back board kind of get shifted a little bit kind of get focused a little bit on maybe who he likes versus who Montario Hardesty liked and you know, I, I think it's always kind of interesting. This time of year is when you start to see some new offers go out. Coaches are on the road. Prospects for the next class. At this point, we're talking 2025, even some 2026s. Uh, Lord help us, some 27s and 28s. That just hurts. But I, I think it, it'll. we'll start to kind of get a feel for for maybe who the top priority targets are for both these guys, and I know you wrote about it, I think it was yesterday, man, Coley already getting some offers out there for South Carolina as well. Yeah, Coley uh, busy, you know, um, dispensing some new offers, a couple in that Miami, South Florida region that we know he's going to be active in, he's going to bring a lot of ties to because he's he's from there, he's coached at FIU, he's coached at Miami. He's. Uh, I read a, a story, Wes, about James Coley. It was an older story when he was at Georgia, but uh, Larry Bluestein, who is a, a legend down there in South Florida recruiting circles, just a big, you know, covers recruiting down there, has for years. He called him the, the Pied Piper of South Florida, uh, James Coley. So he's offered a couple new guys down there who are receivers, athletes, offered a couple guys out of state too, you know, one from Louisiana, one from Pennsylvania. So He's been pretty busy. Um, as as we know, there are some receivers coming up in these next couple of classes for South Carolina, too. Malik Clark out of Rock Hill, um, Jordan Gidron from Columbia. I mean, we, there are some guys coming up in state. And so I think a couple junior days coming up the next couple weekends, Wes, anticipating some of these guys being on campus. I think we'll be able to pretty soon hear some more detailed returns um, on Coley and on Blackwell once that's official. Yeah, no doubt, man. So um, once uh, w- once Blackwell is official, we will bring you guys that news. But, of course, looks like everything is pretty much buttoned up there. Maybe a formality here to, to make that happen. But um, 
as of right now, that that is the staff. That that is what South Carolina is rolling with. Uh, Justin Step moving over to tight ends, and most of the staff, if not all the staff, uh, on the road right now as we speak. So hope to maybe bring you all a little bit more on who some of the targets are there. Um, speaking of that, real quick, let's highlight one guy, Chris. People always like to talk QBs. Ryan Montgomery continues to feel like the 2025 QB to watch. And Shane Beamer, Dow Loggins were over at his high school earlier this week. I know Florida was there this week. Um, I think some other coaches were as well. And he's kind of, it, it feels kind of like the process could be winding down for Ryan Montgomery. South Carolina visit coming up, Georgia visit coming up. Um, I'm going to check real quick and see if there's another Florida one. I can't remember. But th- those, those seem to kind of be emerging as the schools to watch. And we've said for some time that South Carolina and Florida appear to be battling at the top for Ryan Montgomery. Yep, South Carolina, Florida. We'll, we'll see, like you said, Wes, about Georgia. Um, coaches visiting with him. I know, uh, what was it, Monday, Dow Loggins and Shane Beamer traveled to Ohio to check him out. Basketball game. Uh, Billy Napier went over to Ohio to visit with him. So Montgomery's been busy, you know, inter- fielding coaches at his school in Ohio. He'll be busy on the road here uh, the next several days. And, and I'm with you. You know, quarterbacks tend to commit earlier, right? And so kind of lock in that spot. Montgomery's a guy that he has family that's been through the recruiting process. So his brothers, his dad, they know about the process. And you do get the sense that, it's not going to be really, really dragged out for him. So South Carolina has been in this one, and uh, we'll see, you know, where where things go um, over the next several days. For sure. Uh, come check us out, GamecockCentral.com. If you're not a subscriber, we'd love for you to come try us out. $1 for two months by using the code SCAR1, S-C-A-R-1. That is an exclusive code for our podcast slash YouTube Facebook, all that stuff, uh, watchers and listeners here. We certainly appreciate every single one of you. Um, if you haven't been on there, come try it out. Promise you, you'll like what you read, and uh, you can go a little bit more in-depth than what we do here on the show uh, by joining us on the Insiders Forum, and uh, lots of good stuff going on on there. Uh, Chris, you got any final thoughts before we close this out, man? No final thoughts here, man. All right, he is Chris Clark. I am Wes Mitchell. Appreciate all of you for listening or watching. Appreciate all of our sponsors for making this show possible. And uh, we'll be back later this week on GC Live. Uh, Again, he's Chris. I'm Wes. Y'all have a good one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.